Hey, well, we're going to get into the Word of God today. And uh, the Scripture's going to come up on the screen. And we're going to read from Matthew chapter 13. And uh, if you, yeah, why don't you read along with me? It says this in verse 1 of chapter 13. Later that same day, Jesus left the house and sat beside the lake. And a large crowd soon gathered around him. So he got into a boat. Then he sat there and taught as the people stood on the shore. And he told many stories in the form of parables such as this one. This is Jesus telling this parable. Listen, a farmer went out to plant some seeds. And as he scattered them across the field, some seeds fell on a footpath. And the birds came and ate them. Other seeds fell on soil with underlying rock. These seeds sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow, but the plants soon wilted under the hot sun, and since they did not have deep roots, they died. Verse 7, other seeds fell among thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants. Still, other seeds fell on fertile soil or good soil, and they produced a crop that was 60, uh, 30, 60, and even 100 times as much that had been planted And then Jesus says this, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. If you're taking notes today, the title of my message is this, Transforming Soils. Transforming Soils. And uh, that might sound a bit weird, sound a bit cryptic. You're going to, by the end of this message, you're going to understand what that means. Why don't you join with me in prayer right now? Father God, we thank you for your word. Father, we thank you that it pierces between uh, a joint and marrow. It goes right to the heart issues of our life. God, it instructs us. God, it teaches us. God, it empowers us to live this life that you've called us to live. And Father God, we stand upon your word today. God, we say that it is the truth. We say that it is the way. And we say that it is the life to be lived. And Father God, we just pray that uh, we would open our hearts today to receive what your word would say to us, God, so that we can leave this place better knowing you and better being able to reflect you in our community. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone with faith said, amen, amen. amen. Well, hey, uh, a lot of people have actually asked us as we've, as we've started this journey, they've asked us a lot of questions like, why would you start a church? In COVID time, uh, why would you even plant a church? You know, why would you start a church? And one of the other questions we get is, why the name Disciple House? Why that name? Why that, that, that phrase? Why did you, how did you put disciple and house together? What, what was kind of the thought process there? And to be honest, there's, there's many reasons and there's many answers to that question. Uh, firstly, we like the name. And it's, that's kind of a good place to start. You know, you want to actually have a name that, that you like. You want to have a name that when you, you look at it, it's like, oh, I actually like that. That's quite pleasant. Uh, for us, as we were going on this journey, hearing from God that we were to plant a church, we constantly kept being drawn back to this picture. That the church that we are going to plant and the church that now exists today would be a place where people would be built to a place of strength. Be a place where people know their word be a place where people know their God, and to be a place where people are living on purpose, feeling that sense that they're fulfilling that God call that is on each and every single individual's life. My encouragement to you is this, you are called to do something. God has called you to live out a God calling, a God destiny. There's a reason that you weren't born in the first century. There's a reason that you were born in this century right here, right now. God thinks that you can actually get through a pandemic. There's a reason that he placed you here in this time, in this city, 
and around these suburbs here. There's a reason God has placed you in this place. It's because there's a unique God calling upon your life. And that's the kind of church that we want to build. We want to build a space where people are able to explore that God calling, but also feel that equipping, the understanding of the word, feel that equipping of the presence of God, and of course, experiencing the transforming power of the Holy Spirit. And we've summed it up like this. Our church's heart, our church's vision, its mission is transforming and equipping for purpose. That's what we want to do. That's what we want to see. And it's not just about building a church. That that phrase is about you. That you would be transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit. That you would be equipped by the Word of God. And that you would be living on purpose. That you would know your God purpose and you would be living it out. And so as we began to unpack that and, and kind of go, okay, God, where does that fit in Scripture? Where does that idea of transformation, of equipping, of living on purpose, where does that idea of discipleship actually find, where's that idea of strength actually find uh, its purpose in the Bible? And as we began to unpack that, we began to realize that it is only through being a disciple of Jesus that that picture of someone of strength that picture of someone who knows their word, that picture of someone who knows their God is not just a believer in some distant being, but it is someone who's decided that they're going to be a disciple. Someone who knows that they're going to give everything to follow this Jesus. Someone who knows that they're going to follow him for the rest of their days. Someone who knows that they're going to forsake some things in order to embrace the incredible gifts and blessings that Jesus wants to pour out in their life. What is a disciple? Maybe you've heard a, a description before. For us here at Disciple House, a disciple is someone who follows Jesus wholeheartedly. That's what a disciple is, and, and that's how we define it, because there are people who believe in Jesus, and, and they're good, faithful people, and, and they attend Sunday church services, but that's kind of it when it comes to their Christian life. And there are actually those who are disciples, those who are living on purpose, those who are living with the sense that I want to follow Jesus wholeheartedly, that I want to give him my whole life, that I want to embrace every part of Scripture, not just embrace some parts of Scripture, but embracing the fullness of what Jesus wants to do and see in your life. And one of the distinctives of a disciple, one of the things that separates a disciple from everything else is this, that they bear fruit. The disciples are people who bear fruit. Where do we get this idea? It says this in John 15 verse 7 to 8, Jesus speaking, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. And by this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit. So you prove to be my disciples. The context of this verse is not pray anything and God's going to give you whatever you want. The context of this verse is that Jesus is sending out his disciples to go make more disciples. And what he's saying is, whatever you need to accomplish that discipleship call, pray for it and I will give it to you so that you can bear fruit. We're not alone in this journey as we go out to reach people. But the thing that I want to focus on this morning is this. We prove to be disciples, not by our church attendance, not by how highlighted our Bible is, not by what kind of worship we listen to. Is it Hillsong? Is it Bethel? Like, which is it? I don't know. How you know you are a disciple is if your life is bearing fruit. That's how you know. And uh, that, 
that message is actually for another day. How do we, how do we bear fruit? What, what's that mean? That's, that's you becoming more like Christ daily and you helping others to become more like Christ. That, that's bearing fruit. That's a whole other message for another day. Because here's what I want to focus on this morning. Uh, if we're going to be people who bear fruit, if we want to be people who are living fruitful lives, we've got to understand that fruit only grows in good soil. Fruit only grows in the right environment. Fruit only grows in a place where it is able to mature. Fruit only grows in certain types of terrains and environments. Your life's goal as a believer, as a disciple of Jesus, is to bear fruit for the kingdom of God. But you can't do that unless your soil is right. Which leads us back to the story that we read at the beginning of this message today. The parable of the four soils. And uh, that portion of scripture we just read before is, is, is kind of cryptic. It's kind of like, who's the farmer? What's the seed? Who's this bird that comes in and eats that seed? Like, what's going on here? And, and Jesus specifically actually did that on purpose. He was cryptic in his language on purpose because there's a hidden secret that only he revealed to his disciples. As we see later on in a few verses, the disciples are like, like everyone else, Jesus, what the heck was that story? <laughs> like, what's going on here? What's the seed? What's the farmer? What's the environment? What's, what are these soils? And Jesus says to others, they won't understand. But to you who are my disciples, I will reveal the secrets of heaven. And Jesus begins to actually explain what each individual soil is, who the farmer is, what the seed is. And today what I want to do is I actually want to unpack that definition of this parable and see how we can apply it to our lives today. This is a story that was told over 2,000 years ago, but it is still living, it is still active, it is still relevant, it is still the truth for our lives here today. Is that okay? You with me this morning? We're going to talk about transforming our soils. And it says this uh, in, in, that, in the definition part of those verses, the farmer, what, who is the farmer? The farmer is Jesus. Jesus is the farmer. The verse says that a farmer went out and he scattered seed. And that's Jesus. He's scattering seed in, in his pasture land. And what is the seed? Well, the seed is his message. And so as Jesus is going out, he's describing himself as a farmer, which to the people, uh, to the audience back then would have just made complete sense. They were people who didn't go to this grocery store to get their groceries. They were growing their own produce. And so to these people, a farmer and seed, it made total sense. And so Jesus is the farmer and he's scattering seed, which is the word of God, which is the truth of his message. And the soil, well, that's us. The soil is actually the listener. The soil, and really going right down specifically to it, the soil means this. It means the heart response of the listener. So there's a farmer and he's scattering seed. There's Jesus and he's sowing a message into each uh, different soils. And the soils represent us and our hearts. As we go about through life, how we journey with Christ, some of us might find ourselves in this particular soil. Some of us might find our heart's response is this type of soil. And as we unpack this this morning, it's going to make a whole lot more sense. And in our context, Jesus in, in his context is, is preaching his message. But today, as the listener, whatever message is preached, and whenever we read the word of God, that is the seed. That is what we're receiving from our heavenly father. And so in this story, we're shown four different soils. 
Three bad, I can't count, my fingers aren't moving this morning. Three bad and one good. There are three good soils and there's one bad soil, a uh, good soil. There's three bad, other way around. There's three bad soils and there's one good soil. There's three bad heart responses to the message of Jesus. And there's one good heart response to the message of Jesus. There are four bad, three bad responses to the grace of Jesus. But there's only one good response to the grace of Jesus. There are three bad responses to the mercy of Jesus, but only one good response to the mercy of Jesus. There are three bad responses to forgiveness and freedom. Yet there is one bad, a one good response to the freedom and forgiveness of Jesus in our life. And this actually leads us to believe this. It's not that the message is bad. The seed that Jesus sows, the word that he preaches, the Bible, it's, it's not bad. It's actually good. It's actually perfect. And also, Jesus didn't speak four different messages to four different soils. He spoke the same message to each individual soil. What made the difference, what made these responses different was the people's heart response to the same one message. Jesus speaks one message to everyone and how we respond to it actually determines how that grows in our life. Whether it's something that doesn't grow or whether it's something that grows to something amazing in our hearts and in our life. And so here's the thing, there were some people who were ready to hear the message of Jesus But unfortunately, there were many people who weren't ready to hear the message of Jesus. In fact, they hadn't cultivated a heart that was responsive to this message of grace, to this message of forgiveness, to this message of Jesus, Jesus' freedom in our life. So today, here's what I want to do. I want to unpack these soils so that we can transform our soils. Again, our soils are our heart's response to God's Word. This is actually, hopefully, going to change your Bible reading life. As you read the Word of God, you're actually going to be able to learn, hey, maybe I responded in this way to this part of Scripture. Maybe you've heard the voice of God in your heart, uh, in your mind, and you've rejected what God has said to you in the past. It may have been because the soil was wrong. It may have been because your heart's response wasn't the correct one. But today we're going to be able to diagnose that and work out how we can find ourselves in that good soil, in that good pasture so that we can receive what God wants to give to our hearts and give to our life. So here's the first one. We're going to go from uh, the first one right through to the fourth one. It says this, the first soil is a footpath. Let's read the explanation verses, Matthew 13. This is when Jesus is talking just to the disciples. Hear then the parable of the sower, or hear the explanation of that story I spoke before. When anyone hears the word of the the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes uh, comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is what was sown along the path. The first soil that we find in this story is not even soil, but it's a footpath. It's concrete. It's pavement. It's a place where no growth can actually take place. Baby, if you could actually come up and stand up here for me. And if you could hold this brick for me. Are you okay with it? Is it all right? Okay, great. That's cool. You are pregnant. So we just want to make sure that everything's all good. 
This, have, you, have, you, have you ever seen anyone uh, try to grow a plant on pavement before? Well, you're about to right now. This is, this is, this is what happens when you, when you don't plant in, on soil. It, it, just, it just bounces right off. You're thinking about cleaning this up for the end? It's all right. I, vo- I volunteer my, my services to clean this up. When Jesus was describing the soil of the footpath, which, which isn't even a soil, he was describing a response that didn't even soak up anything that Jesus had to say. Anything Jesus had to say completely bounced off. Anything that the Word of God has to say when we read it, if we have this soil in our life, if this is our heart response to the Word of God, no matter how much Bible you read, no matter how many services you go to, if this is the soil that you are carrying, if this is the heart that you are carrying, nothing that is ever spoken to you, nothing that you ever read will be able to penetrate and change your life. It will be a life of no growth. It will be a life where Jesus can't change, can't transform. It'll be a life where so much is poured out in your life yet you're not able to receive anything that Jesus wants to pour out into your life. Sadly, this picture could be a lot of us when we're wanting to hear God's voice. Like, God, speak to me. And God's speaking, but we don't have a heart that's ready to hear. Maybe some of us, when we go into that time of worship, and we so long to encounter the presence of God, and God's presence is there whether we believe it or not. It's, it's everywhere. It's, it's, it's omnipresent. It's, it's not something that we actually have to beg and plead for it to fall and for it to manifest itself. God's presence is here even right now. It's actually got a whole lot to do with where our heart's at. Whether we are a soft soil or whether we have a hard heart towards God. Do, do you need to... Do, are you good? Do some reps. You could get some, get some biceps going there. Probably shouldn't. Probably shouldn't. We so badly want to encounter God We so badly want to hear His voice. We so badly want revelation. We so badly want to encounter the presence of God. But the thing that's stopping us is not the seed. The thing that's stopping us is not God. It's our hard heart that's stopping anything from penetrating, that's stopping anything from enriching our lives. Who feels like at times when you're reading the Word of God that, that it's a bit like this? If I could put my, I can, I put my hand up. This, this, honestly, I live in this place sometimes. When I'm reading the word, I'm like, God, I've read like 10 chapters and nothing's speaking to me. Nothing, nothing. I, I'm not receiving anything. I'm not receiving any revelation. And in that moment, I pause. You can put that down. Thank you. Let's give a hand to my beautiful wife. We've all been there. We, we're reading the word of God and, and we're just kind of reading words on paper. We're not reading that transforming revelation that we, we know it to be. The, the problem is not the Word of God. The problem is our heart. The problem is whether we are open to what God wants to say and what God wants to pour out in our life. And here's the thing. How do we transform this soil? How do we transform a soil that is hard? How do we transform a soil where there is literally no hope of growth? The verse that we read before says that this person doesn't understand the Word of God. That they have no comprehension of actually what God is saying. And so the, the, the power to get ourselves out of the soil is found in actually starting the journey of learning to understand God's Word. Starting that journey of diving into God's Word to learn understanding so that when we hear the Word of God, 
when we read the Word of God, we will have that understanding. How do we learn to understand the Word of God? Well, firstly, you've made a brilliant choice to come to church today and hear someone speak a message and encourage us and equip us to better understand the Word of God. But what happens after Sunday? Well, here's the honest truth. We've just got to put the work in. We've actually got to open our Bible or open our phone, open that app, and begin to read what God's Word has to say about our hearts, say about our life. But here's the thing. You actually don't have to do this journey of understanding God's Word alone. There are so many amazing resources that are available to us today. And if you would like to have those and know what they are, Esther and I would love to pass them on to you. There's free things online. There's all these amazing things that you can uh, uh, obtain to be able to help you understand the Word of God. And also, there are people who want to help you understand the Word of God. And I'm going to shamelessly plug Connect, uh, House Connects right now again, because that is the place where you're going to learn the depth, where you're going to learn to understand the Word of God. Awesome. That's soil number one. Soil number two is rocky or shallow soil. It says this in Matthew 13, As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the Word and immediately receives it with joy, yet he has no root in himself, but endures for a while, and when tribulation or persecution arises on the account of the word, immediately he falls away. Jesus here begins to describe a terrain that was very common to the listener in this context, in this time. In Israel, there were many areas of rich soil, but there were also places where the soil was, it was there, but it was mainly rocky terrain. And a, a good farmer knew that you can't farm in a place like this where there's, where there's soil, but there's, uh, you can't really see that well, but there's actually rocks <laughs> underneath this soil. And to a person whose heart is, is looking like this, again, this, this can't produce growth in our life. The, the, the seed is good. A farmer goes out to sow seed, and Jesus is faithful to sow seed wherever people are. He, he doesn't choose based upon the soil. He, 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 he sows it anyway. He wants to release it onto us anyway. But the decision or the choice or the season that we might find ourselves in is that we might find ourselves in a season where our hearts not only may be hard, but it's actually gotten a little softer towards the things of God. But there are still some things in our life that block growth. There are some things in our life that actually cause us to stumble in life that lead us into places that we don't want to be and don't want to experience. As a pastor, um, I, I have seen this story play out many times. As this verse says, the person first receives the message with joy. Uh, the amount of times that I've seen someone be in a church service, respond to the free gift of salvation to Jesus, and they receive it with joy. It's like, yes, like I've found the meaning of life. I've found what, why I'm meant to be here, why I'm meant to live on this earth. But then I've seen that same story play out and that person within a few months, unfortunately, fall away because things come up that get in the way and they aren't in a place where proper growth can happen in their life. And in their life, there are things that are in the way. There are these rocks that hold them back. It's, it's that girl or it's that boy. It's that weekend work or weekend activity that pushes them away from engaging in church. It's those friends or family, sadly, that, that pull them away. They receive the message with joy. But unfortunately, there's some things in their life that 
uh, cause stumbling in their heart, stumbling in their life. They're not able to have that growth happen in their life. You know, even last year, speaking of trial and tribulation, I, I saw so many of my friends that when COVID hit, everything just went wild for them and their faith went with it too. It was a really great moment for them to test the depth of their relationship with Jesus. And unfortunately, some of my friends didn't make it out. They're at home right now sitting on the couch because it's more comfortable to be on the couch on Sunday than actually be in a church service, be in community, be in with family. And this morning, I know that this might be a little bit heavy for us today, but the truth is we want to be a place that relates the Word of God to real life, not just a place where we sing Kumbaya and and hope we have a great and blessed week. But there are many of us that today, maybe our heart looks like this. And we so desire that God would be working in our life, but there are a few things that need to be removed. There are a few things that we need to put in place in order to receive the fullness of what God wants in our life. How do we transform this soil? How do we transform rocky soil? We need to remove the rocks in our life that are holding us back from proper growth, proper expansion in our hearts and in our life, the things that make us stumble, the things that cause us to be drawn away from God not the things that actually want to draw us to God. You still with me this morning? Number three says this, the third soil is thorny soil. It says this in Matthew chapter 13, verse 22, for as what was sown among the thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and it proves unfaithful. And this is, this, that soil is, is this right here. There's, there's growth. This, this is my backyard, by the way. If you want to work out and know, it's someone else's as well. So I'm with you, bro. We'll, we can work out how to do a good garden one day. But this is my garden right now. But this can be a picture of what a lot of what our hearts look like as well. We, we want that luscious green, golf green kind of front yard, you know, like for us, we've got a young daughter and one day we'll have a nice, you know, green grass. But at the moment, it just kind of looks like this. And for some of us, this is what our heart looks like. There's growth, but there's something growing with it. That's what the soil describes, that there is growth, that, that it receives the seed, it receives the Word of God. But there are other things growing with it. And specifically, Jesus says that thorns are growing along with the seed of the Word of God. And eventually, unfortunately, the thorns actually begin to choke whatever is sown in faith from God in our hearts and in our life. And and what are those thorns? Well, the verse says that the thorns are the deceitfulness, is the deceitfulness of riches. And to be honest, and and this might might hit us real deep this morning, might hit us where it hurts today. And and another, another name for this soil is this, Western Christianity. It's a soil where we we love Jesus, but we also love this thorny bush in our life to creep in and take control and hinder us and stop us from fully producing the fruit that God has called us to live. This this thorn is described as the deceitfulness of riches, therefore rendering that fruit, that tree, unfruitful. Unfortunately, there are many people, and I have friends who love Jesus wholeheartedly, but there is something else growing 
in their soil, that there's this desire to reach the top. There's this desire to constantly obtain more and more wealth, that, that there's this pace of life that is constantly so busy, pushing, pursuing, wanting to grab more, that we aren't able to fully grasp what Jesus is wanting to store in our soil, store in our heart, and store in our life. Because we're so consumed with consuming. We're so consumed with having more, having more success, having more fortune. Our lives are full of stuff that, that we're busy. And to be honest, sometimes our life is full of stuff that doesn't even matter. And we find ourselves saying the phrase, oh, I actually don't have time to cultivate what God's wanting to store in my life because there's so much thorn going on in our life. There's so many other things that are pursuing and taking first place in our hearts and first place in our life. And here's the thing. Today, I'm, I'm not saying that don't have a job. <laughs> That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that we need to make sure that we have a good life balance when it comes to making sure that we're cultivating our heart before God, but also that the desire of riches being our Lord over Jesus being our Lord. There's a healthy balance. Money is not bad. Wanting to be successful is not bad. But when it comes at the cost of you fulfilling the God call on your life, that's when it becomes bad. That's when it becomes a thing that is holding you back to fully reach the potential of you being a disciple who bears fruit in Jesus' name. All right, I'm moving right on because there are lots of eyes looking at me right now. Here's what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 6. No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the, uh, hate, hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. And Jesus makes it real clear what he's talking about. You cannot serve both God and money. Again, money, success, riches, it's not bad. It's not a sin. But when Jesus isn't first and when those other things are first, that's when it becomes a thorn in our life that begins to choke whatever, is God, whatever God wants to deposit in our hearts and in our life. How do we transform this soil? Well, to be honest, we just need to get the chainsaw out and begin to hack down and begin to cut whatever in our life is actually taking first place above Jesus. Begin to take a hold of what maybe is taking first place, what, whatever, is, whatever is pulling us away from Jesus. It might be a time issue. It might be an issue of maybe um, we're, we're working too many hours. Maybe we're wanting to pursue too many things at the cost of our relationship with Jesus growing. Maybe we're not having that dedicated family time to sit down and not just have discipleship at church, but have discipleship in the home, breaking bread, talking about our weeks, engaging in what God's doing in our family and also out there in our community. That's how we are able to obtain a good soil, which leads me to my last point. If Carl could come up and play keys, that would be awesome. The fourth soil is, is not really given a title, but the title is this, good soil. The fourth soil is good soil. Verse 23 says this, As for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it. Uh, understands it. He bears much fruit and yields, in one case, a hundredfold, in another 60, and in another 30. Isn't it amazing, as Jesus is describing what good soil looks like, that it's not a 20-step process in order to obtain good soil. Jesus doesn't make it hard for us to actually have good soil. And if you're wondering what good soil looks like, this is what good soil looks like. It's fruitful and it's plastic and it's fake. And it was five bucks at Kmart. 
This is what good soil looks like. Soil that's producing fruit. Soil that when you look at the tree that it's growing is actually pleasing to the eye. It's not something that wants to pull away from what, what, what God wants to do through you. Remembering what, what's a disciple's goal. What separates a disciple from everything else? A disciple bears fruit. A disciple is someone who is bearing fruit, not only for themselves, but for everybody else that they come into contact with. It's not a 20-step process. How do we have good soil in our life? All we need to do is be a good listener. What's that? That's just having a right heart before God. Having a heart that is open, having a heart of faith, that when we hear a message or that when we're reading the Word of God, or when we're wanting to press into the presence of God, that we're open, that we're ready to receive. The verse says that this person also has understanding. Today, if you're someone who maybe feels like they don't understand the Word of God as much as they would like to, firstly, you're in a great church. You're in a great community. Our heart is that we want to transform and equip. We want to unpack the Word of God for you. But also, my encouragement to you is this. When you go home today, open your Word, open your heart, say, God, Speak to me through your word and watch as understanding will come, not when you have a heart of concrete, but you have good fertile soil ready to receive what God wants to speak into your life. And the last thing, it's only a three-step process. The last thing that separates good soil from everything else, it's soil that's bearing fruit. Soil that's bearing fruit personally, but also soil that is bearing fruit for others. As others walk past our tree of life, for lack of a better phrase, when they walk past, it's, it's pleasing. When they walk past, there's, there's fruit. There, there is something that can nourish them. There is something that actually can bless them. Not, not walking past a bush that's thorny and, and, and doesn't have really anything to bless other people with, but a, a soil that is bearing fruit, a soil that is able to bless others and bless itself as it grows in Christ in Jesus' name. How do I transform my soil? How do I transform my life? How do I transform my heart? Just cultivating good soil. Again, the message of Jesus is not the issue. This is good soil. This is good, this is good seed. This is a good message. A message of forgiveness. A message of grace that we don't have to do anything but just receive. A message that none shall perish. A message that says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But if you believe in your heart of hearts and if you confess with your mouth, Jesus will be your Lord. This is the message. There is nothing bad about the message of Jesus. It depends on how our heart responds to it as to how much it grows in our life in Jesus' name.